Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. So, did you party like it's 2023? I did. I shot off fireworks. And, like, I have uh, young children, so it's pretty easy to be like, oh, it's New Year's. They don't really understand it's got to be midnight. So it's like eight. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting way to say it's acceptable to lie to your children if they're young enough to not understand things yeah i mean like why are we shooting off fireworks because it's new year's okay when can we shoot them off when the sun goes down i didn't necessarily (laughs) tell them like most people do it at midnight or anything like that or even explain anymore but yeah I like like that approach, though. It's it's less is more. You didn't even really make it a New Year's celebration. You were just like, we're shooting off fireworks when it gets dark. (laughs) Right. And where is the lie? It was it was fun. I am glad that I put my kids inside during the big the big ones, you know, like the, the ones you throw in the tube. Because one just exploded ground level (laughs) (laughs) scared the shit out of me that is the risk you run with buying fireworks from owl's firework outlet yeah out of the discount (laughs) rack right maybe defective which i'm now thinking about what makes it plural from firework to fireworks like, mm. if you have a single firework, what is it? Or is it one of those weird words where, like, firework is the plural? Or, like, fish is the plural of fish. See, deer. Even better example, dice is one, but die is multiple. I think that's backward but water doesn't have a singular are you sure maybe i'm totally backwards on that it would make more sense if i was but i always thought that was weird (laughs) good thing it doesn't come up much comes up every year with me what because i have the same conversation yeah twice a year i ask about the plural and singular of firework around this time and 4th of July. 4th of July, yeah. And I still haven't gotten a satisfactory answer, but I'm gonna I'm just going to say it's it's like water where there's just sort of one word for, oh, for the whole deal. Yeah, cuz no one goes like, "Oh yeah, I just I just grabbed a water." People what? say that now mm. because they're talking like a bottle of water, but yeah, that's more okay. like the colloquial way of saying I have a bottle of water. Or grab I have me. a cup of water. Because when they're like, grab, oh, grab me a grab water. some waters. Not... Did people not say that? Well, but that similarly is them talking about the plural of 
the bottle. The cups or the bottles. Like it's yeah. a shorthand for grab me some bottles of water. So the plural is more as a reference to the, the vehicle toting said water. Right. The, the if we were vessel. If we were at a stream, no one would go, hey, grab me a water. Yeah, you're right. We'd say some water. I'm going to go for a swim in the water. Now that works. The same thing. That still works. The flip side is if you're in a desert, you wouldn't say, oh, hey, grab me a sand. Oh, and there's a lot. And if you got to get one of them and you fucking drop it, how are you going to find that same one again? Oh, that'd be awful. I'm, I'm sure there is a person with an English major who is either in the chat right now or who will later be able to give us what that type of word is because there's guaranteed pretty, a word for it. Pretty sure they fucking left already. <laughs> Fuck these like if, so the, if these guys don't know what a blah blah is, <laughs> then I, I have no time for them. But there th- that's... There's a word. And it's not even like, it doesn't even have then to be German. Then he put the slamming like, door emoji before he left. I do like that we came back to emojis because we had like one emoji, which was just the AOL guy. And then like mm-hmm. door and then like email. The, I feel like we, we had, had like the, the thumbs envelope. up or the smiley face for quite a while. But those Pretty were like sure we just did. Didn't we have that back when we had to hit the well, button three times to get like a certain letter? Didn't we have yeah for for, T, for T nine? Yeah, you would have that, yeah. but it, but it wasn't an actual emoji. It was a like it was made of letters and like a type. It was made of type. I, what I'm saying right. is like that that iconography. I we've gone it. back to like using cartoons. It's it, we're we're cavemen again using pictures to describe ideas. <laughs> I've noticed like how many people use emojis when speaking to me in not like a playful, friendly way. Let's say somebody talking about work or something, you get like a thumbs up. It just seems so unprofessional to me, but only when I think about the fact like how professional it is, but if I'm not thinking about it, it just seems normal. Well, it also seems kind it's of passive aggressive and, because you've made the effort to make a lot of communication happen. And then they come no. back with thumbs up emoji. Oh, uh, see, that's where you can misinterpret text and get mad at people. I think because you could read that like way to go. Like who cares? Kind of thumbs up. Right. Like so when saying. this episode drops yeah. and someone texts or emails or chats me and says, hey, that word that you're talking about, which is for water, sand, fireworks, and it like doesn't have a singular, it's called blah, blah, blah. If all I respond with is thumbs up emoji, they're going to be like, what a dick. What an ass. I like it. And then they're just going to have like the, the donkey emoji. The response to that. And then I'm going to misunderstand that because I'm going to be like, oh, are donkeys also things that don't have a singular? 
right? And then he's going to be on some intellectual podcast with, let's say, or he, he, who knows? You might be on Joe Rogan when you do it. Did you know that donkeys is the same as fireworks? <laughs> well, because you don't say, I'm going to get an ass this weekend. You say, I'm going to get some ass this weekend. That's true. And I'm going to get some water from the refrigerator. You're like, I'm going to get some ass from the refrigerator. How many people want to kick an ass? No. It was how many people want to kick some ass. Like over the rainbow? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I thought that was like the fat Hawaiian guy with the ukulele who died. <laughs> did he die? Oh, What'd yeah. What did he die of? Years ago. What did he die of? Rainbow overdose. Huh. Probably wrecked his Harley. Surfing accident, right? It's a ukulele accident. <laughs> a big old fat guy with a ukulele. It's like. There's no other instrument he could have picked that would have made him look fatter. But as you've proven, he is gone, but obviously not forgotten because you didn't even know he was gone. I didn't because I can still ask Alexa, Alexa to play him and he does. How do you re request that song? Uh, how, how does Alexa it, know what you're asking for? No, I, I knew his name. I could say it. And I, it's drawn a blank because I haven't had to do it in so long. Uh, but it was a tough name. Has Alexa gotten better at conversational? Like, can you say, Alexa, play Somewhere Over the Rainbow by that one guy? Probably. She's gotten better at that. It really matters with Alexa on the device that's listening to you. It's not so much her um, software as it is the mic on the device. Like there's certain Alexa products that like the mic's positioned wrong or whatever, didn't get the acoustics right in it. It's all fucked up, right? The small display screen one, awful. But like, well, but that's that's less about natural language understanding and more about just right audio right that's exactly what it is and but the 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 software the ai software or whatever it's gotten a lot better because like the other day my my son said uh daddy beat me or something like that he's talking about like we're playing uh tony hawk pro skater and uh, Alexa was like, would you like me to call family service or whatever? Like, you can also get oh, counseling no. at like, <laughs> like all kinds of places. We were like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that is straight out of some Orwellian tale. Right. So I'm like, oh great! It, it, now like, I'm, I'm flagged on, yeah, I'm flagged on some. You're on, you're on a list for review, <laughs> right? Because of the blanket terms of service, I'm certain that they've recorded that. So someone in the Philippines right now is like listening to that conversation and going like, okay, is this just somebody who's 
beat their kid or is this somebody <laughs> who's playing video games with their dad? Let's see. Okay, I gotta listen to this. Yep, another Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. <laughs> Got a whole pile of them, right? That's like flagged for manual review. Someone's day is being ruined by that. But I suppose yeah. it's worth it because some child's day and life is being ruined by their dad who beats them. Yeah, and then... To, and then what does Amazon to, do? To, to help Do they them. call they the cops? Send a... Uh, they get to go to a foster home, right? And get molested for the rest of their life. <laughs> or the rest of their childhood. Are you trying to say you don't trust the system? Oh, God. Am I... The foster care system? Yeah. If there's anything I trust the government to do better than me, it's to raise my children for me if they deem it necessary. And I give them all the power to deem when it's necessary. Well, to be fair, you legitimately care about your children. A lot of folks don't. Yeah. but Which I don't flip, understand. What's the flip side of that? Does the government ever care about your children? Here's what I can say <laughs> with confidence. They tend to care about your children equally. Mm. Yeah, I bet they do. It's like when time of war rolls around. Everybody has to go. No one gets to opt out of the draft. Elvis yeah. had to go. You have to go. We're all equal. Yeah, I feel like the government cares about all of us about as much as I care about a 9-volt battery. It's great when it... I can still get something out of it. Have you made that a t-shirt yet? <laughs> I have not. Is that a t that's a that does sound like a t-shirt. Hmm. Get our new t-shirts on <laughs> fakesafety.com. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> uh I have I have just enough willpower make a landing page for that before this episode is scheduled to come out. So let's do fakesafety.com slash nine volt. All right. The number nine, you adults. <laughs> and it's not, and not, it's not nine dolt, nine <laughs> volt. It's not nine either. For all you Nazis listening. We just have such a huge Nazi listenership. We do. Crazy. Nazis are rich. You can tell by all the, you know, pictures of them <laughs> on the internet. Well, there's that one Nazi that just bought Twitter. <laughs> right. But he's broke. He bought Twitter. Yeah, so... Well, let's go back to what you were talking about earlier and uh, uh, how much the government really cares. And we got sidetracked by a T-shirt. Um, so now, we, now we're now we screen printing while uh, 
while finishing this podcast. So if you hear anything in the background, just know we're working on your t-shirt. Do they care about us? Do they care about liberty? Do they care about freedom? A lot of people in this chat room here, a lot of people listening to the show, would you kind of know what how I feel about it, how Bart feels about it. But real particular example, and one that hits a little close to home for me is, uh, I, I believe I mentioned it before, I grew up in like a very military-friendly household. And something that was thrown around as a slur to certain politicians, certain people, was draft dodger and my dad my father was big about freedom liberty this is why i was in the service blah 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 um so you know that didn't really matter to me too much until i got older and then i um I would use it sometimes to describe, like, say, Bill Clinton as a slur, like, just to be negative about him, right? But I never really put a lot into that. And, but my dad and a lot of other people I knew were like, that was like scum, you know? And it kind of made sense then because. If you buy into the whole propaganda narrative, it's supposed to make sense. Even though if you start to peel it away, you're like, wait, none of this adds up. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to peel it away. And I think this is relative because of this bullshit that we're dealing with in with Ukraine and Russia and bullshit involvement that our government has gotten us into. And if you're a draft dodger, is it negative? All right. Uh, so I would ask the same thing about Donald Trump evading paying taxes. I would too. Let's go ahead and let's come up with what is negative and what is positive. I propose that you know, uh, at least in my household, the military side of the family, they were all about freedom and protecting freedom and liberty. And this is the price that he has to pay or what. So I would say negative would be not freedom, not liberty. Positive would be more freedom, more liberty. Can we agree to that before we move forward? We can. I don't know if everyone else can, but we can. So when you start thinking about a draft and a draft being something that's put into place to ensure a, a army on call for defending the motherland or going somewhere else and finding a government that our government politicians don't get along with because they get along with another politician and stuff like that. That's another reason to do it. Um, 
is this a price for freedom or is it the end of freedom to think about somebody who gets drafted in the spirit of protecting our liberties and our freedom and then goes to fight a war that they don't want to be in they don't want anything a part of and they had nothing to do with starting um and gets killed and doesn't come home so that's it even if you believe in an afterlife or don't believe in an afterlife at least right here where liberty the 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 battle between authoritarianism and liberty matters that's it for that person game's over they don't get any more freedoms or any more liberty everything their their entire property your 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 private property starts with your person and if you lose that, you lose all of your property. So it's all taken away right then and there. Is there a way you can spin that and say, it's the price you pay for liberty? Is there liberty anymore? Does it exist in this government? So just to do a quick devil's advocate on top of another devil's advocate. Mm. The way to justify the draft is if you are at war, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the worst case scenario where we've started a war and we're, you know, spreading freedom everywhere, right? Let's say we are, we as a nation are under attack and we don't have enough people to defend our country the draft is in place to fairly by randomizing that selecting who is going to go to the front lines it's a lottery of sorts mm -hmm. that's sort of the first layer of devil's advocacy the flip side of that though is if we don't have enough people to defend the country because people are not willing to defend the country, I would argue that that's democracy at work. Folks have decided with their personhood that they do not think their own life is worth sacrificing for that nation. Or at least the powers of that nation because let's let's not get it twisted when typically when a invader invades they don't invade and like murder everybody in the country they typically invade and they just want that land they want the productivity of that they want the resources they want they want it the engine to keep going because it's worthless without it 
Yeah, I wouldn't want to call it better invasion, but we could call it more sophisticated invasion. The days of rape and pillage are over because folks have learned that when you come in and occupy a territory, that's going to be yours at some point. So you want to do more than just destroy it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think that it's necessarily even that you you don't take pride in where you're from or your nation as a as a community. It's just the government that you're living under may not be worth fighting for. You might feel like you could find more liberty with the other government. Or you might feel like if that government throws off your government, they're going to be a long way away. That'll give us an opportunity to stretch our legs and create something we really want. There's a lot of things in that natural market that we can, different reasons why we got the red shirt instead of the green one. But let's not forget that when countries go to war, it's not over nation against nation. It's government against government. And they use your children as the pawns, the, the casualties, the price of war. And I have to say that stance is pretty atypical of a right-leaning person. Like if we were to split the room into all the hawks, most of them are GOP, right? Yes, they historically have been, at least in the the what, last 60s, Well, since the years. 70s, we'll say. Yeah, something like that. There was a time where the conservative party was typically was typically known to be anti-war, but that flip-flopped and I wouldn't say flip-flopping. It just, it's an acceptable position on the right now, but I think your propagandized true believers in government on both the right and the left are all the same amount of pro-war. You know what I mean? The propaganda has has really worked on that one with the left. It really didn't take much except for Obama continuing the wars. It was like they just did not want to criticize him, so they didn't, and then some reason they started to believe their own shit. You know? They didn't even go back to being anti-war afterwards. So it was a weird phenomenon, but it was... It was quite distinct. I mean, it was very obvious that it happened. I will say, though, e- even though there is a lot of blind support for Obama and his legacy on the left, I generally don't think we are pro-war. We, we generally are pacifists. And like in this current conflict we're not necessarily encouraging a war with Russia. We're more about standing in solidarity with Ukraine, let's say. You can spin it however the words you want. Or, like, maybe the people that you're talking about believe that. But, like, it doesn't really 
I guess it it matters a little bit, but if you're so easily manipulated, you're gonna go for whatever war spun to you the right way. Which so that just means that you have no opinion. You just do whatever you're supposed to do. And it's really dangerous because war kills children, destroys lives. I mean, think think about like some of the greatest let's just go with some inventions that you really like that have come out. What happens if that person was killed in a war instead? Was it still invented? Maybe. I don't know what you're really thinking of, but like, it's going to be a while later. It's, it's screwed up the prosperity of the entire world. Could your kid be somebody great? We all hope our kid is. So why the fuck would you send him off to get killed for some politician that you only voted for because you hated the other person more? Well, because, again, it it is spun this way, but it starts with even just how we name our departments. It's not the War Department. It's the Defense Department. It's not the Department of War. Because we don't believe in being on the offense. We're not invading anyone. We're defending. And in the case of a lot of the intervention in the Middle East of the last 20 years or so, and what we're seeing now with Ukraine and Russia, the idea is that we are defending the little guy, the person who doesn't have a large enough Department of Defense in order to defend themselves. So maybe we're not even sending our people. We're just sending weapons, assistance, money, so that they can send their people. And we can support that because they're not sending their people to invade Russia. They're sending their people to the front lines to save Ukraine. It's defense. <laughs> it's not offense. So what are we saving about Ukraine? That'd be the first thing. I, you're asking me to spend my mine and my kids' future prosperity on it so what are we saving about ukraine what what is it about ukraine that we're saving i think everybody should ask these questions if you're seriously thinking that intervention could be a a correct avenue then i think it's on you to ask these questions so not that i'm saying that you are thinking that because I, I know where you stand you've You've definitely seen the light when it comes to uh, intervention like I have and all the different ways that they spin it to make it seem just, right? Yeah, so but, the, but the justification would... What would people would... say we're saving? They would say we're saving de democracy or in, in Ukraine. That That is the phrase or the rather rather the idea or the word we talk about, we talk about spreading democracy or saving democracy or something. We, we talk about that domestically a lot, too, when we talk about, you know, however many times we impeached Trump. It's all about saving democracy and, you know, the 
election integrity. It's about saving democracy, whatever. But I, I think when people talk about it, not the talking points, but when people talk about it, when you're talking about like the dinner conversation, mm-hmm. dinner table conversation is not saving democracy. They're doing two things. One is preventing the spread of what they believe to be an authoritarian regime in Russia. And the other side is saving lives. It's a bit of a trolley problem where they say, well, we will send lives to the front line in hopes of preventing deaths that would be happening if this war were to continue. If you look back on the history and the political dynamics between Russia and Ukraine, you're going to see a very different picture or outcome that could have, should have, and would have uh, came about naturally. And while it doesn't start in 2014, it is certainly a acceptable starting point to the story between that led up to this war. It's certainly not, history did not start when Russia crossed that border. I think you're I think you're absolutely right and and I think it is worth educating folks on that and we've talked about it a bit the idea that mm-hmm. if you look at this this is a regime that we helped overthrow and install and have been you know doing a bit of mucky muck ever since in the years through this is provoking and whatnot yeah right all of that but I I think that so, that Are does a disservice let... to what we're actually talking about. Because let's let's say well that we I get everybody on the, board. We have to we have to know what we're fighting for, what we're dying for. What like if you're if you're saying like there is a chance if if we're gonna argue like there is a reason to do this, uh you you can't you can't say like, okay, well, whatever the powers that be say is the reason, that's the God honest truth. Because it doesn't really matter. They're always going to spin it. And it you have to know what you're dying for. It, because if you if you die for it, that's still that's what you died for. It's not what you thought you were dying for. If you thought you were saving, you know, families in Afghanistan and you died killing a wedding party in Afghanistan of innocent people, that you, even though you were tricked, you died killing innocent people. And I think that's why I don't want us to get caught up in the details of this particular war or any particular war. Because, yes, the U.S. and the Ukraine have a very strange and, let's just say it, corrupt relationship. And that is going to color how, when, and where we intervene. Mm Mm-hmm. And to what extent we assist 
we'll say. But I think us getting caught up in that loses the bigger picture because for the sake of argument, let's say that this truly is an act of defense, that this is the like Amazon Prime Jack Ryan episode of Russia is bad guy. Ukraine is good guy. Mm -hmm. Even if we go to that, the real question is, if that's the scenario, is it still valid for, one, Ukraine to put a draft in place and to take people that are not volunteering for the war effort to be a part of the war effort? And two... Are we, an outside nation, right to be supporting them in that endeavor? Um, no, I, I think market forces would, would definitely be the way to go with this. Because, I mean, if you were truly the good guys here and the people thought you were the good guys and wanted to defend their property... Uh, from the Russians and thought the Ukrainian government was was uh, doing a good job at whatever they did, then people would voluntarily do it. If they're not doing it, that says something. And if you just don't have the manpower, the women and children and stuff like that, at some point, it's it's the world. Bad things happen in the world. Um run government because it, at least in this scenario Russia is not looking to kill all the people there he, he running the government out so to, if if the Ukrainian government was actually a good government they would know when to you know flee and save their people of battle to the death well I think that was kind of the point I was making earlier is that if there aren't enough people to go to the front lines, then that's just democracy at work, right? People are voting with their bodies and saying, I'm not going to go to the front lines. Mm -hmm. And anyone who listens to us knows that I am not here as a proponent of democracy. But if democracy is what you care about and what you want to save, then that is how that gets decided. But the thing that interests me quite a bit in our current political climate, though, is that, one, the folks on the left are a bit more rabid for war than they historically have been, and the folks on the right are finding themselves less into war than they have been. You know, like I was mentioning with you and kind of your position being a somewhat extreme example of someone from the right, but even the more like mainstream conservative opinions are kind of leaving the GOP behind and having a slightly more nuanced take on not just the war effort, but war in general, conservatism, what is liberty, what is freedom. Mm Mm-hmm. Does it's the GOP a, have 
a leg to stand on? Uh, I mean, and I and in either case, what does it mean to you that they do or do not? I don't even. I don't know what the GOP is doing right now. I don't. The the people, the government uh, officials, the elected officials in the GOP are, for the most part, mainstream. But there is a growing outsider uh like wave in the GOP and you can see a lot of the the old beltway guys squirming a little bit they really don't like this um, which is a little intoxicating to a person like me where where I can see why people got into Trump because it's easy to see those people squirm because of something and it instantly kind of like it, whatever it is, right? So while I don't think a lot of these Republicans are necessarily Liberty Republicans, some of them are and some of them may become because they might really not. Like a lot of Trump supporter friends of mine that I've had, they really don't know who they are. They're, they haven't figured that out. I mean, they would say they know exactly who they are, but like you could have a conversation with them and they would tell you that they're constitutionalists and they would say they're conservative, which are two different things. You know, they would, they would have all kinds of, ways to describe themselves, but they, they really don't know who they are. They just know that they don't, they don't trust and don't like the beltway and anything that's against that is, or anything that makes those people squirm or anything that those people hate or anything that those people are scared of instantly has a place in their heart and that's trump right that's what trump did that was the only good thing he did that i can think of yeah i think even now people still don't understand what trump was i don't think very many people supported trump like there there are all of the straw men that get pushed up and all the like crazy people from the right who even I know they're not representative of what that side is all about like mm-hmm. they're the most extreme examples but there are very few Trump supporters there are a ton of Trump voters mm-hmm. but it was just that he was anti all of that yeah the, the fact that he I mean remember when he first started saying bad things about the news it was like oh my god you can't say that you know it was like and that was it was it was ghastly to even say even accuse of of lying the mainstream you know and it was and that's how they would played it too the the mainstream news was like oh how dare you you know and that that was what our news was doing at the time. Like, how far have we come? You know what I mean. <laughs> Since then, but 
it did, didn't uh Brian Skelter Skelter, right? Uh at CNN, didn't he get fired? Yeah, Stelter. Yeah, CNN canceled his show halfway through last year. So think about that. That's kind of cool, right? That's something to be thankful about. A little sidetrack note here. Um, the mainstream news completely, including him, went balls out hardcore to cancel Joe Rogan. All cards in. And his show got canceled. <laughs> Joe Rogan's still going strong. While I wish it surprised me, I suppose it doesn't, but it seems that all of this is nothing but a bit of reverse psychology. Like the simple formula is if you want the Republicans to be pro-peace, just make sure you get the Democrats to be (laughs) pro-war. Yeah, and vice versa. It tends to be like that, right? Well, uh, the conservatives, I mean, the funny thing I get, I, I hear when people complain about conservatives is they don't have any, they don't have any ideas. There's nothing to stand on. But it, a conservative is a person who wants it to stop. Right where we're at, stays like that's the ideology of conservatism. This is it. This is where we're the best right here. I don't want it to change. That is the political philosophy of conservatives. So when you say you're conservative, that's the dumb philosophy that you're telling me that you're a part of. Now, I know that people, when they say that to me, they don't, they don't mean what the philosophy of conservative political theory they're not that yeah i'm not even a republican and i would go to bat for them and say that they're probably saying that they're like fiscally conservative but it is hilarious to hear somebody say complain about the conservatives and say they don't have any new ideas and whatnot and i think it's a little funny that they so many people say they are that and don't even like don't even know the roots of what they're claiming. So, it, but it, it's it's like that for a lot of things. I remember as a younger man when I was brainwashed. I remember thinking when they would say like somebody was the bad guy and and the powers that be would tell me, let's say Saddam Hussein is the bad guy, and he does evil things to whatever. I would think of things like, you know, the bad guy in Rambo or something. Like, and I would attach all the bad things that that Hollywood character did in that foreign country to this person who the powers that be told me was a bad guy. Because I obviously didn't look into it or I would have known it was all bullshit. And I didn't. I didn't look into it. I just, he's a bad guy. America told me that. Not the government, not the shitty person in the government. Not the, not the politician, 
that if you were to ask me if I trust him, I would tell you no. America told me that. I think it's it's that way for a lot of people. That's why Dems can be pro-war or anti-war. It's not... Like, the ones who are just in it for the party don't really have, like, a true conviction. They just want to win. They can flip-flop all day long. Well, to be fair, if we're if we're talking about conservatism, mm-hmm. the flip side of that is progressivism, right? So the left being more progressive, it it in the very nature is a bit of a flip-flop because we're learning, we're changing, there are new ideas. So right. it's by design. We've, it is. We've, we've found a new way of doing something, we've learned something, we've changed. We've taken a new position, and now we're taking that into account. So if you expect us to be conservative, then we would no longer consider ourselves progressive. Yeah. No, I think that progressive uh, philosophy and progressive ideology and just the direction of the progressive movement in America has has always been leading us towards war and destruction. and But I don't see the conservative ideology or the conservative movement leading us in any other direction. They were leading us the same way. So the, the choice is clear. Be a conservative and stick with the war we have now. <laughs> Be a progressive. Let's start some new ones. <laughs> Is 